All right, welcome to a Thanksgiving edition episode of Backlash Podcast. I hope everybody has a great holiday for those of you that celebrated. I think Canada, they don't do Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, anyways, we have a guest today is Larry Smith. Larry Smith Outdoors, Larry Smith Guide Service, We Eat, Fish Eat Podcast. So Larry is, uh, as you'll even find out in this episode, he's kind of all over the place. He runs about, you know, 100 miles an hour. He, I don't think he sleeps, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, he's just, yeah, it's, it would be interesting, you know, job shadow him for a, a couple days. Yeah, you got that right, Jeff. I mean, I've known Larry for a little while. The guy is a hard-working dude, that's for sure. Yes, and he's very passionate about the outdoors, as evidenced by everything he has going on. Like I said, he's doing the TV show, a podcast, he still guides. I don't know that there's any guys that have tv shows that are still you know running guide trips it's just uh it's pretty insane i know in uh talking his nephew was an employee of mine through my electrical business and i know i got to hear lots of stories about larry and all the different stuff he's involved in the farming and just not you know not only just the fishing end of it i mean like i said he's pretty much on the go all all day every day as you'll find out with our uh, our conversation but anyways it's uh that time of year where Team Rhino Outdoors and Muskie Mayhem Tackle are going to have our annual, we'll call them Thanksgiving sales. You can call them Black Friday, whatever, but it lasts for quite a bit longer than that. So if you're listening to this podcast on release day, it starts today and it runs through Cyber Monday, which I believe is the 29th of November. Is that correct, Carrie? Yep. It goes from the 24th of November to the 29th of November. And why don't you talk about what's Musky Mayhem Tackle's got going on for this next, whatever it is, five, six days. Musky Mayhem Tackle has 20% off all products, excluding gift cards and I believe the Backlash podcast clothing. I might be wrong on that, but anyway, uh, we have 20% off. You have to use the code MMT20 at checkout to get the 20% applied to your cart. And then we have um, free two-day shipping on orders over $100. Well, you're going to make me look bad. So Team Rhino Outdoors is not nearly as awesome as Musky Mayhem Tackle. And we're only going to give you 10% off, and that will get you uh, most everything. Gift cards are excluded. I think Chaos Rods are going to be excluded, and I think RS Nets probably will be too. I'm not 100% positive yet. So uh, if you go onto our website, I'm guessing that's what it's going to be, but we're about a few days out from that anyways five days before the sale so i haven't put everything together but typically those things are excluded other than that save 10 percent off it's uh tro10 that'd be a one and a zero at checkout to save 10 percent on everything so if you're still out fishing and you need some stuff you know get it right now team rhino outdoors runs one sale per year that is it there's a potential that for some of the shows that we are either at or not at this winter, we might run some free shipping options, but we haven't decided on that yet either. So if you haven't, I mean, obviously we talk about it here on the podcast, but if you haven't checked out our social media or signed up for our newsletter, any of anything we got going on, we always use those two options to get uh, get the word out as well. And so that's it. TRO10 at checkout. That'd be a one and a zero, capital T, capital R, capital O. And uh, you could save 10%. So that's kind of what we got going on for Thanksgiving. You know, on the sale end of things, if I guess we just urge patience in some of the instances. If last year was, uh, it was uh, beyond, I don't want to say beyond disastrous, but it was something else. You know, we, 
we still ship all of our orders typically aside outside of you know um, a weekend or a holiday within 24 hours. So your order is going to go out as fast as we can make it go out. Unfortunately, I know that as soon as you know this Black Friday stuff hits it for everybody, the major shipping companies are going to have issues. So if your order is time sensitive and you need to have it for Christmas, we will both suggest that it's probably in your best interest to upgrade to either speedy option or or ups option or fedex in in the case of musky mayhem tackle because i know that last year usps we had packages that we shipped so it was a black friday thing i think we shipped them the monday possibly even that same friday for some orders and they got delivered maybe two or three days before christmas that wasn't all of them it was just a few of them so if your order is time sensitive and you're ordering gifts this holiday season it may be a good option to choose one of the other carriers because otherwise we will ship it with the most economical way we can. Well, Brad, I know that it's um, you know Thursday before this, this episode comes out. We're actually running a little early right now. It's not very usual for us lately. You going to do any more fishing yet or what's the weather like over in Minnesota? I know I hate talking about weather on podcasts because people in Wisconsin don't care about Minnesota weather, but I'm just doing it specifically to know whether or not you're going to get out fishing yet. Well, the crazy part, Jeff, is they should be aware of what's going on in, in Minnesota. Cause you know, when me and you talk on a weekly basis or whatever, it's so amazing to me how our weather usually hits you a day or two later. So, you know, it's something to consider. Um, we're kind of coming into that really nasty cold time. And, uh, right now our water's still in the forties. Um, I'm hoping to get out tomorrow. We've dealt with giant, giant wind the last four days. So I have not been out the last four days. It's just been blowing like none other. But uh, tomorrow is Friday, and I'm planning on going out. It's supposed to be around 38 degrees tomorrow. We're still going to be dealing with 20-mile-an-hour wind, but uh, I I think I can manage that versus the 30- to 40-mile-an-hour gusts that we've been having. Yeah, I understand that. I'm hoping maybe tomorrow I would as well. So by the time you hear this podcast, they'll already gone. The only thing is I don't want to get my Tuffy. I haven't used my Tuffy at all this year. I don't want to get it all ready to go just to go deal with wind tomorrow. So I'm, I am a little concerned about that because much like you, we've dealt with that big wind. I mean, today I think it's probably, I don't know, blowing 30 miles an hour. So it's been ridiculous. So I guess on the good the good news is with the cooler temperatures, it's definitely going to keep the lakes open for a little while longer. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, our water temps, I just heard from a guy earlier today that Yesterday, they were out on a, a smaller body of water, and it was still 42 degrees, um, amazingly enough. I think by Sunday, we're seeing some single digits in the evenings. Um, <laughs> the game's going to change really quick here. You know, if we have a calm night with that kind of temps, things are going to start locking up. Yes. Well, hopefully our friends in the South and the listeners in the South, they're all going to get out for a little bit longer yet. I'm. Yeah, this is the time of year. This time... And the springtime is when I'm jealous of all those places like Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, you know, further south. Even the people in Illinois, they're still probably good yet for a little while that, uh, you know, they're still out chasing muskies. I think the guys in Pennsylvania probably are for a little while yet, too. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's one of them times of the year. I mean, I love it. It's uh, I'm super frustrated that the wind has just been so nasty this last week or I would have been out every day. You know, it. You can deal with some of that cold, but when it's that windy, man, it's just, it's plain, plain raw. (laughs) 
Yes, you are 100% correct. So, Brad, I don't know about you. I don't have anything else to add to this episode. Hopefully, many of our listeners, you know, get involved in our, our sales that we have going on for the next six days or five days, whatever it is. I think it's six, but anyways. And uh, I hope everybody's got a great Thanksgiving. I know that we'll, um, you know, we have we got to dial up our conversation yet with Larry here, but, you know, for the sake of this podcast, we hope everybody has a great holiday season and a great holiday, and we'll kick it off with a couple of sales. And I think with that being said, unless you guys have something else to add, we should just go get Larry on the phone. Sounds good. All right, our guest this week is Larry Smith. He's got Larry Smith Outdoors. He's got the We Eat, Fish Eat podcast. He's got Larry Smith Guide Service. So he's the man of many hats. Larry, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to talk to us on the podcast today. Hey, you guys, I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's a pleasure on my end for sure. Um, you know, you guys uh, are live and breathe musky fishing, and you probably don't know this, but really what kind of started my career off was uh, a mentor of mine. His name was it's long gone now, but his name was Rody Britke, and he is from Fremont. And, uh, he, uh, he was a musky guide up, uh, he was out of Fremont, but he was a musky guide up around Hayward, him and his brother. And, uh, you know, they know, you know, all the old time musky guys and stuff like that. And, and, uh, really, I mean, that, uh, I didn't really start off musky fishing for guiding, but, uh, I really got into it pretty heavy there. And actually, uh, when, uh, he got older, he, I bought out his whole collection and, uh, I've got quite, quite the collection hanging up in my shop and, uh, no, and, uh, here's, uh, you know, you know, most of my career has been spent guiding, you know, for walleyes and, uh, catfish and, you know, panfish and that, that type of stuff. But, you know, I can tell you this, when uh, the day does come where I hang up uh, the guiding part, and uh, I've been saying I'm going to do it for quite a while, but it's one of them kind of things where, you know, when you're really passionate about it, and, and here's the thing, like th- th- this year I think I'm on year, year 31 or 32, whatever, of guiding full-time. You know, you really, you build a clientele up, but the big thing is that these people become a lot of them really close friends. So that's a hard part to give up um, because if I gave up the guiding, I would give up them relationships that I've built over, you know, the 30 some years that I've been guiding. And, you know, so that's the big thing. But what I am going to do when that does happen is I probably will not fish walleyes and, and uh, panfish and bass too much anymore. It'll probably be pretty much musky fishing. Um, I certainly, I don't get to do as much of it as I would like to, but I certainly love doing it. I love the thirst of knowledge, you know, I'm always learning more, you know, and the cool part about the show is that, you know, um, you know, we started the show, this is, this is going to be season six for us. And we started the show with really to get more kids and women involved in the outdoors. But the other part was really to learn more from other people. And, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a guide or if it's just, we fish with so many different people that really are very passionate about the outdoors. And that's the key thing. But the amount of things that I have learned um, over the last six years from other people that I would not have probably ever learned because not having that opportunity has been amazing, you know, and that really kind of is a difference between one of the differences between our show 
I'm um, not saying it's any better than anybody else's show, uh, everybody, but the thing I would say that's different is uh, we do do so many things with other people. You know, it's it's pretty unusual for us to be fishing with the same people over and over, and it's very, very unusual for it just to be me in the boat or on the ice alone. I'm just not that person. Like The show is about really, you know, again, showing the knowledge that other people have and, uh, you know, just spending time with other people. That's, that's probably my biggest thing. But again, kind of going back to that, um, the musky thing is that I, I just, that, that's, I really, really love the musky fish. It's just, uh, I'm, I wish I had more time and, and I know it's going to be coming in the future. Um, but you know, that's so talking to you guys and, uh, you know, really is an exciting thing for me because again, you guys are on the course that I want to be for the rest of my career. Well, let's talk about your limited amount of time for, for everything because, <laughs> because of all the stuff that you do, let's, uh, how do you fit guiding in? First of all, like in, on top of, well, you know, the TV show and the podcast and all the stuff that goes along with yeah, both of those two and things. We, yeah. Yeah, well, I have four kids. Uh, let's start off there. I've been married 31 years. Um, don't know why she's ever stayed with me. I've asked her numerous times if she would ever do it again, and she always turns her back and walks away. So there's one thing. The thing is, I, we farm too, so that's the other part. Um, I'm, I'm severely ADHD, you know, so I don't sleep a lot still at my age. I'm pretty good with getting away with, you know, three, four hours of sleep. I really like to keep things moving. And here, here's, here's the reason everybody, you know, believe what you want to believe, but you know, everybody's only here for so many days on this planet. So I look at life like this. I'm not much of a TV watcher. I would rather be on my farm here, fixing something or planting something or doing something or be, you know, doing things with my kids or friends or, you know, so I like to like take advantage of every day, every minute that I possibly can. So I, I've always been that guy that is keeps a very full plate until the TV show. I was averaging, you know, right over that 300 mark a year on the water days on the water uh, with the guiding part, um, you know, which is, is pretty incredible when I think back about it and all the other stuff. Yeah, um, up till about 10 years ago, I actually, and a lot of people might not know this, I started doing taxidermy when I was 11 years old. So I also had a taxidermy business too. So, you know, my wife was, you know, stayed home with the kids for most of, most of, uh, you know, up to, I would say 15, 16 years. And, uh, you know, so I was the one really trying to, you know, as far as financially, um, and my wife helped in every aspect that she could. And like, she had the big job taking care of the four kids too. So, but when you look at all the things that I do, it's just hard to give up any of them, you know, because I just, I, again, I like to keep busy all the time and I just enjoy all the different stages of the things I do. And again, you don't really like, I don't get bored with things either. That's, that's, that's the great part about it too. And that's kind of where the multi-species thing always came in too. And, you know, so you th I'm jumping around a lot, but when you think about fishing, I always say the thing that's going to stop you from becoming an extremely good fisherman is thinking that you know a lot or you know it all. That's going to kill you every time. So any time that you have, and, you know, being that hyperactive person in my mind is racing a million miles an hour, 
if everything in the fishing and outdoor world was repetitious, I would have got bored with it a long time ago. And that's what I like. I love challenges and everybody knows that fishes a lot, that it is very challenging. There's very few weeks that go by where you don't get something thrown in there, or it could be long periods of time where you get just really different weather conditions that are constantly changing. So you have to adapt And you know, the guiding part, I would say is really help me get out of my box because you know what? You always have to look at it when you're guiding is that you want first thing, the key to becoming a really good guide is that you need to really like people. So if you don't like people, don't get into guiding. And I know a lot of people that are like that and have done it that are not really people's persons, you know, and I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not the career path that you want to take. But the other part is like, when you guide somebody, you want to give them everything that you got, you know? So you want to try your hardest to, to make them learn something to make them feel good in the boat. And you, you know, they become friends too. And that's the part, you know, when you want to make a career out of guiding full time, repeat clientele is everything that guy or that person that thinks that, you know what, I don't need repeat clientele. There's no way that you're going to make a career out of this business because it just is not going to happen. You know? So, you know, there's a lot of different things, you know, for me, when you look at it to be able to actually financially do the things I do too, you know, you have to do things to the extreme because let's just talk about the TV world. Back in the heydays, you know, like the person that got my career really hopping, and I filmed with a lot of people, the Linders with, you know, with uh, Bob Jensen, you know, I filmed with all the Midwest Outdoors guys, you know, I filmed with Mike Keys, you know, I filmed with just a ton of different people. And back, you know, let's just say 15 years ago, 10 years ago, there was actually good money to be made in, in the television part of it. Now it's totally the opposite, you know? So really, if, if you're thinking about like going into TV and making a really good living off of it, it's probably not going to happen um, unless you really diversify yourself and do other things to keep it going, you know? And that's kind of like, for me with the show, we're trying to constantly grow our market, you know, like, so we run now, we started, you know, we're, we're running 52 weeks national. So we're on the outdoor sportsman's channel. We're on the world fishing network. Um, so then we're also on, which is Fox sports, which is now called Valley. And then we're on CW 18 out of Milwaukee. But then we're, of course we put everything on YouTube and then we're on some of the bigger streaming services. Like we're on waypoint TV, we're on carbon TV, we're on KO TV. So when you really look at like back in the early days, the John Gillespie days, and that's really who got me started big time in my career is that, you know, everybody at that time, for the most part was watching network television and everybody knows now that's not the case. There's still a lot of people watching network television, but you know, a lot more people are leaning towards the streaming part of it, you know, the social media stuff, the YouTube, you know, the streaming services. So in order for us to be able to reach the maximum amount of people, we buy a lot of airtime and we focus a lot on, of course, on, you know, 
all the social media parts of it too. So again, being diversified has really kind of helped us grow our show and get it in front of uh, as many people as we possibly can. Pretty amazing, Larry. I mean, you hit it on the head when it came to guiding, you know, it's not about you. It's not about the guide. It's about your, your clientele. And, uh, that definitely makes it special when you think that way as a guide. Um, the TV side of things, I mean, you just wailed off a whole pile of different things and topics that you do. It's I'm kind yeah. of flabbergasted. Why am I doing a race like that? <laughs> no, sometimes awesome. you gotta sometimes you gotta pull me back and get me back in in focus. You know, there's only a couple things in my life I've ever been able to focus on, and one was taxidermy. Fishing was, I would say, number one. You know, I mean, as a kid growing up, my mom hated me honestly because I only slept maybe two hours a night. But I was able to go down to the river, down to the lake, and I could sit back there for 16 hours a day and fish and watch a fishing pole. You know, that sometimes wasn't doing anything, right? So it's, it's interesting being ADHD that how certain things just absolutely you get mesmerized in. And uh, hunting and fishing are definitely the two things plus taxidermy that I've ever been able to, like, focus on. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so you, you mentioned how like the TV thing has changed with social platforms and everything else and streaming and what have you. How about fishing? How about the musky fishing? How much has that changed for you? And uh, maybe you can kind of go back on some history of that. Like, again, I was seeing we started off, my career basically started off as, because I used to fish walleye tournaments, too. I fished the PWT. I fished, I fished, I beat, was rookie of the year. I forget what year it was. Not that it means anything to anybody. But, um, so I fished the PWT. I fished the FLW. I fished the MWC. I used to fish uh, just a ton of tournaments until 08. So walleyes have always been my big thing, but my passion has always been stronger for musky fishing. Um, maybe because again, probably because I spent so much time fishing walleyes and other species that when I do get to fish muskies, it really is special. And here's the thing too, is that like, it might sound a little bit weird to you guys, but you know, one thing I really love about musky fishing and I don't mind cleaning fish and I'm not saying cleaning muskies, but one thing you, you guys kind of, I want you to kind of think about when you think about all the days that I spent on the water guiding for walleyes, how many fish that in my boat were killed. It really is kind of, it's kind of sickening to tell you the truth, you know? So I'm kind of soft now. I mean, I personally hardly ever keep a fish at all. And that's kind of the part about musky fish. And I really, really cherish because, you know, most musky anglers don't keep muskies. You let them go. Right. So that, is the part that I'm really looking forward to too, because I would rather just catch everything and let it go. But, you know, when you're fishing for walleyes, you know, obviously the, the, the mindset is not the same as fishing, fishing for muskies, you know? So that's another little twist to, to really throw in there too, is that, you know, it's just great to go fishing and catch something like a big muskie, a small muskie, and just to release that fish, to me is like knowing that, you know, I have a possibility of catching that fish again. Um, that that's super cool, really. You know, and when you start talking about like social media, like social media, I don't, there's no way anybody could really ever argue 
that social media has done more good and bad for fishing than anything that's ever been created. There's this, when you look at the amount of things that you can learn by going and watching different videos, um, it doesn't mean matter if you're, you know, fixing your snowmobile, your truck, you know, or want to learn about how you catch muskies on a certain body of water. That information is out there. But on the flip side of it, because it makes it so accessible, it definitely makes it a lot more appealing and a lot easier for people to want to go and gravitate to that more than they ever did before. And I'm, I'm not really big on thinking that we need more regulations and more rules, but in the, on that side of it, I really kind of think we do. I think conservation um, really needs to be taught. And you see a lot more of that with the younger generation. They're not going out there. Like my dad, you guys, I hate to say it, but my dad, he's passed away now. God bless his soul. But he was a killer, a killing machine, violating son of a gun, you know? And as a kid growing up, I kind of was in that path, you know, until I hit about probably about 19. I was, and here's the other part I got to tell you. I was an absolutely horrible, the worst violator you could ever imagine. Every time I would say I violated, I got caught. That, I mean, so was it good or was it bad? It probably was a good thing that I got caught. But my dad, you know, we grew up on Lake Winnebago. Then he moved up to Poygan. Um, his best friend had a, uh, uh, a big farm up in Shyockton. If My dad, and I looked for him when he passed away, he had pictures of like, a hundred sturgeon hanging in this barn that they violated. So, you know, I can say all these things now because, you know, obviously he's not here, so they can't go back on it. But when you look at all that kind of stuff in, and I could just go on and on about the, the violating that my dad did when, when I was younger and definitely I'm not proud of it, but you really kind of look at that. And then I look at the way I am that killing everything is just, maybe it's a sign of old age, but it's just, it's just not me. You know, it's just, don't get me wrong. I still like to shoot a nice buck once in a while or shoot a doe to eat, you know, a deer, shoot a few ducks, but it's really not, it's really not why I'm out there. I'm out there to really, to, you know, really to enjoy the day. You know, I kind of look at this and this is probably another sign of getting old is that, Every day I wake up, I look at, man, I'm pretty damn blessed to be here today. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to be, I'm going to try to do as many good things and try to get everything that I can out of today. So I hope that makes sense to you guys. If it doesn't, eventually it'll get to you. <laughs> no, it makes perfect. It makes perfect sense, Larry. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, you know, generation after generation, I mean, there's definitely been a change. I do think that uh, people are becoming a little bit wiser on that whole thing, you know? Yeah, man, I would hope so. Right. I would, I would definitely hope so. But yeah, no, again, you just, I, you know, our, a big thing too with our show is that every week we thank all of our military men and women past and present and all of our law enforcement and our paramedics and firefighters, you know, you guys, you got to kind of think of like, I don't think a lot of people realize uh, people that go into the military and the things that they that they go through and and see that normal people would have no idea. The same thing with law enforcement. I know so many law enforcement agents, and I'll tell you something. 
you couldn't pay me enough for, for, for that job. Um, the things that these men and women have to put up with, um, boy, I'm in, in, on the other side, it's probably a good thing I'm not because I'll tell you something. When you see that how disrespectful people are to our law enforcement and how these men and women keep their patience with, with people that are hostile towards them and, and just your respect, um, it's just incredible. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm struggling to hear your passions. Yeah, how do you got? How do you guys get me to talk about so many different things in a short time? <laughs> you see how you see how all of a sudden I get on something. It's just like my mind just rolls. But there's always there's you know I know we only have so much time on this podcast, but there's always so much to say. And you know, again, you know, it doesn't matter if you're fishing, you're hunting, you're walking down the street, you're in a grocery store, you're driving your vehicle down the highway. You know what? For God's sakes, you guys. Think about like what other place in the whole world would you be able to do the things that we're able to do and breathe the the, the, the best air that there is in the whole world, have the best dirt, and because I farm, the best land, we have the best water, we have the best of the best in this country, and you got to fight to keep it, you know, and that's that's really been our message on our podcast a lot, you know. One thing I know they always said, don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics, you know, and what I say to that, I'm going to talk about it all because it's so damn important. I'm not letting, I'm not letting up on this country. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to be as boisterous and, and, you know, here's the whole thing. You can be as boisterous as you want, but, and, and say the things you want, but your actions need to speak with your word. I'd say you're spot on, Larry. That's for sure. I think it's awesome that you uh, that you are willing to stand up for uh, for all of our rights, and and obviously you're very passionate about that. Well, and I'm passionate about the outdoors, and that's really what you know. If if people can't see my vision, you really need to like sit back a little bit. And again, here's the whole thing, everybody. I'm going to tell you this straight up. I am nobody special. I only graduated up till ninth ninth grade, I got kicked out of school the next year, the first two weeks I was there, because I was a fighting, brawling kind of guy, mainly because I was so hyped up, I just needed to focus that energy someplace. It wasn't that I was mean, I just needed to, to release that energy, and that was how I released it, but when you look at all the things that I was able to do, there's no other country with having the education that I have, that I would be able to do the things that I've done. So, for me, Really, every time I've steered into the drug world, into the alcohol world, into the hostile world world of fighting, the only thing that's ever drawn me back to where you need to be, why the reason you were here, put here on this planet, was the outdoors. So that's why I always say that kids, people, everybody needs to have some kind of space. And it doesn't matter if you're playing baseball, musky fishing hunting, walking through the woods, you need to get outdoors. It's the best psychological medicine that you could ever have. People that are connected to the outdoors, for the most part, do not do things that other people do, hostile things. You just don't, you know? When you're connected with the most realistic thing that there is on this planet, natural things, again, it's all about being connected to the outdoors. 
And that's the cool part of what you guys and what you guys have passionate for is musky fishing because musky fishing really you go out there and you spend hours and hours and hours casting sometimes days, sometimes weeks without even connecting with a fish, you know, so your mind, you do it for a reason, you know, you're not out there like fishing for walleyes and looking to catch and eat fish. You're out there casting, waiting for that opportunity of, a giant fish or maybe just a fish in general but you know that you're just you you enjoy the outdoors because you wouldn't do it otherwise you know well larry since you brought us back to musky fishing why don't we talk a little bit about that what's okay i mean in wisconsin there's obviously a, a million places to fi- fish muskies where's your favorite place to be chasing muskies well i'll tell you i really kind of started off on the winnebago system you know like back then you know, in the, in the early eighties, there was not a lot of muskies there, but there was some giant fish, you know, and I went, I worked for the DNR, like when I was going to grade school in high school on a summer program. Um, so my last two years of grade school into my first year of, of high school, I was able to work there. So I got to go out and we got to, you know, shock some fish. We got to, we got to go out and set hoop nets, strip the spawn out of northerns, and we got a few big muskies in there. And so I knew the fish were there, you know. So that was one of one of the first places I started muskie fishing. But really what got me really clicking on muskies, and this is, again, going back many moons, was up on the Petenwell Flowage because what happened is I spent a lot of time on the river. You know, I'm a big river guy here at home for walleyes. And I seen these guys catching all these muskies, you know, up in front of all the feeder creeks. And that really kind of got me intrigued and going heavy. And that's kind of like where I first really started like learning more about muskies and their habits and really kind of getting the fever. And then, you know, of course, fishing Green Bay, getting into that, you know, the, the, the beginning of, you know, the musking craziness out there and seeing these absolutely giant, giant fish. Um, you know, really kind of got me, you know, really, you know, clicking on that. So, you know, there is, you know, there's so many good spots, you know, like, like when I look at Petenwell and Castle Rock, you know, I know everybody fishes the, the feeder creeks when the water starts really heating up, but there's so many good spots and there's so many fish in them flowages that when I do go back and start really grinding on the musky stuff heavy, because you know, for me, when I get done guiding and I'm not filming a show, I'm not going to be sitting around doing nothing. So I'm definitely going to be, like I said, I'm going to be focused about 70% of my fishing is going to be musky fishing. And to pick apart them two bodies of water, Castle Rock and Petenwell, because they're pretty close for me, they're under an hour. Um, them are the two that I'll really probably spend a lot more time again on them. And I know them very well. It's just, again, applying where I think and where I know that these fish are, you know, to with all the other stuff that I've done up there in all the years. How many different states have you fished muskies, Larry? Oh, I've only fished muskies in, I'm okay, of course, Canada, you know, uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, and of course, Wisconsin. So, you know, I was on a great trip this year. I fished with Kellen and uh, we were up in North Dakota and we had, and I was with, uh, of course, Jeff Vandermortel. Him and I are really good friends. And there's a guy that, uh, when anybody asks me about, like, a guide, and I fish with a lot, a lot of guides and a lot of really good ones, great ones. 
Uh, Vander Mortal, he is definitely on the top five of my list. That guy is analyzes everything. His vocabulary is absolutely excellent. Um, and his passion is like off the charts. So him and I went out there and fished with Kellen um, and just had a, a banner, banner day and a half fishing with him. So that was cool to kind of, I'm sure all that North Dakota stuff is going to be like the wave of the, the future in the next, you know, three to six years. There'll be a lot more people going out there. North Dakota is, you know, putting a lot of fish in, you know, so, and they believe in taking care of their, their fisheries. So yeah, that was a cool experience there too. And again, you know, being able to fish with Kellen um, was a great experience. Another guy that we've never fished with before, uh, very passionate about what he does, passionate about people, um, kids in general, getting more involved in, in the outdoors. When you get people that like live and breathe the stuff we do, we know that the importance it is to get our kids um, involved in the outdoors. And, you know, if anything, and I'm sure everybody's heard this enough times now, if there's, and, but I'm going to say it anyways, if there's anything that's good of, that's coming out of the COVID situation, it's definitely been that people have really turned to the outdoors. And I think that will, you know, when it all, if it all ever goes back to some kind of normalcy, I think that, uh, you know, some people might go back to what they were doing, but I think the majority of them are going to be st stuck on the outdoors because, it is a great addiction. So I'm assuming in your travels, much like everybody else, you've seen an increase in pressure in most of the bodies of water you've been fishing? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, it's just natural. I mean, when you start thinking about this, like I run warrior boats, you know, and, and like every boat that is can be built for 2022 is already sold to the dealers. That's just like, that's insanity. Like a dealer can't even get another another boat, you know. Um, and, and most, you know, most, I would say most companies right now, um, in the last two years it has in the outdoor world have had just absolutely record sales. And that just obviously shows you how crazy people have really gravitated back to something that's so natural. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've all seen it. I know Brad's been crazy busy. I've been crazy busy. I mean, every one of my guide buddies, they're all, I'm sure you've probably see the same thing. They can't. Uh, they can't possibly take as many clients as they get calls for. No. And that's a great, that's a cool thing. Like I said, I mean, you look at such a disaster uh, situation like COVID and you turn it, uh, when you look at the positive side and I try to kind of look at the positive side as much as I can, you know, I want to like give everybody out there a little bit of a hint too, you know, and, and I don't know it all of you guys and gals, you know, I certainly don't and don't think that I'm saying things, because I, I'm trying to think that I, I do know it all because I certainly don't. But, you know, the things that are really like in life, you don't want to hang around with people that are very negative. It'll draw you into the rotten gutters of hell. Right. So, but really the thing is too, is that if you sit at home and watch too much TV and so much of it, especially like the news is so negative, you know, that kind of stuff just pulls the life out of you, you know, and that's the part of kind of stuff that really the poison that you definitely want to stay away from, you know, you just kind of, you know, again, the more time and I can't really emphasize enough on it uh, anytime that I get a chance to speak to people is that spend more time outside and, and hopefully with your family or your friends or your neighbor kids. Um, it's just, 
you can't go wrong. The investment is is the greatest investment that you could ever make. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. Brad's thinking to myself, what the H-E double toothpicks do we got this guy on our podcast this week for? <laughs> he, he is going, he's, he's, he's gone from A to Z back, back and forth five times, right? Oh, yeah. You got to have the energy, folks, and I'm telling you, that's the key, you know, and the key is don't let people suck you in and draw you down. If it's a bad relationship you're in, either figure it out or get out of it, you know? And if it's your job that you hate, you know what? Have confidence in yourself and, and do something different. There's a, this is a great opportunity, a great time. Now there's jobs everywhere. If you're not happy going in and doing what, you're not going to be happy every day, even doing what I do. You know, there's days where, you know, you're like, oh, life is way too short. You need to definitely be happy, you know? And as long as you're not hurting other people, do whatever it takes to make yourself happy. Yeah, I would say amen to that, Larry. You know, I, I live my life kind of the same way. Unfortunately, it seems like I get stuck behind the walls working more than I like to be outdoors. But I definitely spend quite a bit of time on the water and as well as the yeah. woods. So I can't complain yeah. whatsoever. But, but you're so right. I mean, and I think... Uh, you know, it's no different than musky fishing. Staying positive definitely puts you back into the realm of actually catching fish and having a good time. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you something. You hit that right on the head. You know, uh, any time that, like, you know, I have an off day and something, you know, and, hey, everybody, I'm going to tell you, you know, even having the lifestyle that I have, and I feel very, very, very lucky, again, because I am nobody special. Um, but, you know, when you have them days where you're down and you don't have that positive vibe going through your hands, it's amazing how it reflects. And I have no idea, you know, why it is that way, you know, scientifically why it's that way. But everybody knows that fishes a lot or hunts a lot. If you are negative, it usually the results will show up on the end of your hand. Yeah, well, they say positive musky attitude, right? positive musky attitude yep positive any attitude right so it just it, you know people want to be around people and that's like here's another thing a guide tip right if you get obviously you know like you don't want to get people in your boat or on the ice and all of a sudden start talking about things that are going to drag them down you know you always want to let if somebody wants to talk about politics you can, it's no different. You say, well, you talk about politics and religion on your show. Yeah. Here's the deal. You guys, you can just turn the channel off, and not listen to me. Right. But when somebody's in a boat with your, or in a shanty with you, you can't just, you ramrod them with the politics and the religion. You know, if they start hinting around and start throwing it out at you, then you can feed it, but you got to know when to turn off the gas and turn it back on. Hopefully that helps out some people because, Really, you know, I know a lot of guides that are not really that good of people to be in the boat with. You know, they're just not, you know. So um, hopefully that that maybe some of them, you know, I would say 95% of them aren't. You got the 5% that aren't. And I just think that, again, it's not that they're, re they're not really great fishermen. It's, again, it's their attitude that they have towards life in general. I've been saying it for a while. I think some of the best guides, they don't even necessarily always put the most fish in the boat. Sometimes they're just the most fun guys to have in the boat, right? Or be around in the boat. You're, you, when you say stuff like that, it puts such a smile on my face because you are 100% right. 
Right. It really is. You know, and again, you know, I always say too, is that like, you know, when fishing's really tough, you're going to learn the most out of, out of, out of me when it's easy, you know, like, you know, we might only fish if we're fishing walleyes, we might only fish a half a dozen spots and maybe two techniques. But if fishing's really tough, you know what, we're going to go and we're going to grind on it as hard as we can and fish as many spots as we can get in on that time frame, And we're going to throw everything that we have in our, our, our arsenal at Adam. Now, here's one last thing I'd like to touch on that. It just kind of came to me. So about a month ago, you know, here's the talk about learning something from somebody. So about a month ago, I was uh, up at Cedar River and I was with Isaac Lackish. This kid is like, he's something, man, just a, a positive attitude kind of guy. But we were fishing up there and we were fishing walleye and he caught 22 walleyes. He only casted maybe at the very most a quarter as many times as I casted. And he, he caught 22, I caught five, and the other guy, I'm not going to bring his name up, only caught one. Um, but talk about, I was like, I was so intrigued fishing with this kid. Just the amount of things that I learned about electronics from him just absolutely blew me away. So it changed my whole way that I'm setting my next boat up um, just because I want to set it up just like he was. It, it changed the whole way as far as the way I come in and, and approach a spot, you know? So when I was telling you before, one of the great parts about having the show is about learning things from other people. And that's just one small thing, which is a really huge thing that I learned. And again, talking about like, I could talk about Tommy Hicks. I could talk about Lonnie Go. Roman, I could talk about Brett Alexander. I could talk about Brian Zupi. I could talk about just an endless amount of people that we have fished with. Every one of them, you know, Barb Terry, every one of these people that I have fished with, you guys, I have learned a lot from. And to me, you look at a guy that has spent the last 30 some years, 300 days, a, a year on the water, you would think, well, this guy's got to like pretty much know 90% of what there is to know out there. That's not the case. The case is that things are always changing too. And that, see, I'm probably one of the, maybe, maybe the one only fishing host that has his own television show that actually still guides. But here's the thing too, besides the passion for the people that I guide is in not wanting to give it up. The part is I don't want to give it up too, because I don't want to lose touch in the feel of what's going on too. And that's, that's key. If you want to really be good at something, you got to try to spend as much time as you can doing it and keep doing it to stay in touch with it. Hopefully that makes sense to everybody. Well, I think it's just simple math, Larry. I mean, the, the more you hone your skill, the better you are. And the more time you put on the water, that's what happens. So, you know, I, I would encourage everybody too. you know, you think about it. I think we all get set in our ways. You know what I mean? They talk, it's easy they talk to do about them. They talk about a milk run, right? Well, I would encourage everybody to go push the envelope at least an hour a day. You know, every time you're out, go try something different. That's the only way you're going to keep going. And uh, and you're right. I mean, so many different people, that, including clientele, when they get in the boat, have taught me different things. And that's the beauty of, of fishing all the way around. I would agree with you. Yep. I mean, we could just keep going on and on with this podcast because the things you're saying are are a hundred percent correct. You know, you just got to kind of 
go past, you know, every day trying to achieve something better than you achieved the day before. And it's, you know, it's really kind of that way in life though, too. You know, it's really, like I was saying before, you're really, your actions speak for everything. So you can't, you know, like I've always been kind of religion, but religious, but I had a lot of piss and vinegar in me. And I really didn't like to talk a lot about religion because sometimes my actions were not, you know, appropriate for what my words would have been. But it's the older I get knowing that my time frame is coming down here is that the religion part, the religious part of my life is getting more and more important and really spreading the word to me is very important. Where at one time I was kind of embarrassed to say anything like that. I, I was a Christian guy, you know, so, and I believe me, I'm far, I'm the, I'm the guy on this planet that is the farthest away from being perfect than any human being ever created. Right. I would never run for politics because if they, they dug up my past, it would be absolutely something, right? <laughs> it would make Donald Trump look like a, a quarterback, <laughs> right? So, you know, here's the thing again, you know, you got to be able to admit that you were wrong, right? And, and I've been wrong many a times in my life. You know, that's, that's really part of being a Christian, you know, like, you know, if you think you're that guy that, or, or gal that really, you know, has never done anything wrong and your chest is always up, you know, where my body is, my head's down all the time, you guys. I love it. It's just, it's just <laughs> awesome that I, I just, I didn't realize, I mean, you know, I did a podcast with you, Larry, but uh, yeah, doing this podcast with you, um, it, it's been pretty wild because I feel like I've gotten to know you now. You know what I mean? Right. That's, that, well, that's awesome. And I want, I want people to know me, you know, here's something that I really cherish. I cherish this so much. When we go to shows, people just come up to us. Average people come up to us all the time because they feel comfortable coming up to me because I, I am, I'm just an ordinary person like everybody else out there. Just, you know what, this was my trail to follow in, and thank God that, you know, I was able to stay on this trail because Boy, a bunch of times I got plucked off. And actually, one time I got hit by, by a rhino and threw me into the sky. And boy, I don't know how I ever landed back onto this trail, you know. So, you know, I always want it to be that way. And I love it. Like when we stop at places, people come up to us. We're driving down the road. People pull up and all sorts of signs. That's what it's all about. It's The show is not about me. It's about the outdoors. When I, you know, picked up the phone, you guys, I had no idea what I was going to talk about. I just, I, and that's the part I love about the podcast, the part I love about the show. Um, but the only problem is that when you look at net network, everything is so censored. Like if you say anything about religious or anything political, they come down on you like no tomorrow. So the great part about the podcast is that, you know what, you can really speak your mind and you can really kind of, you can be who you are. You know, that's the great part about podcasts. Yeah. Brad likes to t speak his mind a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> and you should, right. And, you know, you know, you should never hold things inside, you know? And like I said, you know, the big thing about the podcast is that people don't like what you're saying. You know, you're, they're, they're, they're not corralled. You, they can just shut it down. And we're, you know, obviously in the guiding situation, you can't be that way. You know, I have met, so many wonderful people and people that make ungodly amount of money and people that 
save years to do a trip with me. And I try to make it special for every one of them. Here's something that a couple guides that I know don't really understand. And, uh, and, and this is something you got to understand is that anytime like you do a guide trip, you let, let's say you're running two months every day straight, you're burnt out, you're tired, you know, things are breaking, you haven't been home, you know, all that kind of stuff. The people that jump in your boat in the morning, they don't want to hear about it. They don't want to see it. They want you to be enthused and you should be enthused because it's their day. They're paying for it, you know? So remember that no matter how you feel, you know, after the trip is over, you can go home and kick your dog. Well, try not to kick your dog. I'm a big animal person, but, um, and I was going to say you kick your skunk, but I also have a pet skunk. I don't know. Kick your truck, right? Take your emotions and take your stuff out somewhere else. You know, don't take it out on the people that are in your, in your boat with you that day. Well, that's funny you say that because I have a, like I said, I have a bunch of friends that are guides and I always say that to them, like, I don't think I could do it because much like you said, every day that somebody jumps in your boat, that's their day. They want that. They, yeah, like, they've been looking pumped. forward to that day for who knows a week, a month, two months, you know, like they circle that one on the calendar and they want it to be a special day. Yeah, that's a fact. And that's something that, like I said, that's so important for, for people that are getting into the guiding world or they have been, uh, you know, guiding to really to try to draw back on that, you know, People don't want to hear how many days you've been out and how many hours you've been out. They don't, they don't want to hear that. They want to hear what are they going to learn today. They want to hear you in a good mood, and they want to see positive things coming off of your body. Yeah, absolutely. If you're defeated before the day even starts, it wrecks it for them. It wrecks their experience. It, it does, and that's not what guiding's about. So here's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> We're out filming the duck hunting show all day today. And try to quick run home and take the other go back in the swamp, put some heaters in the kids' stand, knock down some trails. And uh, I got to run to the office and do a podcast with somebody, too. So I had to quick shut the overhead door and turn off the compressor. And, yeah, so now I'm on the road. Now I'm good to talk for a couple more minutes. <laughs> that's, kind of my, that's kind of my lifestyle, you know. It's like, you know, running run, run and gun, right? You know, the crazy part is, again, it's like my, that my wife and I, you know, 31 years that she puts up with, with it. She's just so used to me not being around, you know. And when I am around, I'm outside planting trees or fixing something or, you know, spending time with the dogs. I'm a huge animal person. You know, I've got probably, I don't know, 100 different birds outside and used to raise deer and elk. And I've got a pet skunk. I got, uh, you know, three dogs. And it just, you know, I just, I'm an animal person. You know, I just, I, I like anything that's got to do with being outside and uh is 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 all about me and people i don't like doing things i don't like i don't like doing things by myself i would like to come over there larry and spend about three days with you and see if i can hang <laughs> you're more than welcome i can tell you that you should uh, <laughs> hey what you should do someday is, is you guys should have a, a podcast with the four camera guys i have they're all millennials and uh, they'll tell you about like, me guiding all day long and then driving all the way out to the Dakotas, you know, getting a show in and uh, d driving all the way home. And they're sleeping in the truck out there on the way home, dropping them off and going on a guide trip, you know. Right. I mean, that's just like, you know, going two, three days without sleeping um, is they'll tell you that, too. They're just like, it's amazing that, uh, you know, they're like, you're, you're insane. Right. But 
hey, you know what? If the big guy upstairs gave me all this energy, damn it, I'm going to use it, you know? <laughs> I agree funny. with you, Larry. I agree with you yep. because I get uh, called out for that as well. It's pretty amazing. I don't know why, but I, I'm programmed similar to you, that's for sure. And uh, and I think it's important if you're a guide, you kind of yeah. have to be that way. So Yeah, you do, for sure. You never want to think as a guide that uh, what you're making per hour because uh, you definitely would probably go do something else, right? Brad was saying something about wanting to get you back on and do another episode on, you know, more in-depth on the fishing side of things, if that's something that you'd ever sure. be up for. I'm always up for it for you guys, no problem. I like to be on as many podcasts as I can because it just it, it helps spread our word, you know, about our show. Um, it helps build our relationship with like good people like you, you guys. So that's what it's all about. It's all about, I'm in this business to make everybody successful. It's not about just making me successful. And I know you guys are the same way. So we love to, we love to anything that we can, can, can help somebody else with, um, we're a hundred percent for. I think he's got us all confused, Brad. He's, he's called us nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know you know i mean that's the whole reason that we started this podcast was to basically uh, give back to the musky community i mean that's really what it's right. about no i that sounds absolutely awesome so larry if somebody wants to listen to your podcast you want you want to let them know where they can go find that yeah if you guys want to listen to our podcast you can go on spotify or you can go on youtube and just go to We Eat, Fish, Eat. Every Tuesday, we come out with a brand new podcast. Um, and if you want to watch our show, we do a brand new show every week. So we do 52 new shows, national and regional. Um, so all you got to do, if you want to check out all the different networks, is just, again, you can check it out on our website. Just go to Larry Smith Outdoors and check it out there. We really appreciate everybody for everything they do. And, hey, remember, you know, there's a couple of things I always say. Make sure that you guys know that we are living in the greatest country in the world, and let's keep it that way, and be proud to be an American. Yeah, well, Larry, we just want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I know you know, you're going a million miles an hour every day, and so thank you for doing that. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, because this one's going to come out you know, right before Thanksgiving. And we uh, want to thank all of our listeners for checking out our podcast, and we'll catch everybody with a new episode again next week. Sounds great. Thanks, you guys. You have a great Thanksgiving. 